Ramnath. My name is Hannah Fredley. And we are your hosts and sophomores here at Northwestern. This is Don't Tell Me Your Age, Your Major, an interview style podcast where we avoid getting to know people on the surface level with questions like what their major is, where they're from, and how old they are, but try to get to know them on a more profound level. That's how you really know the kind of person someone is rather than judging them based on pre-established stereotypes. We're also joined today by Asteris Duelis, who is currently a sophomore here at Northwestern, although we won't tell you what his major is. Say hi, Asteris. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Um, so today, Asteris, I thought we'd have a little theme discussion as usual, as per the norm of this podcast. Um, and I thought we'd play around with the idea of definitions, because for me, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can use the root of the word definition, like definition, definite, definitively, define, you know, like, and you can use those in all kinds of different contexts. So I thought that that would be like a cool way to base our questions off of. So we'll start off easy with a chill light question. And it's, what is your favorite word and what is its definition? And I'll go first to give you guys like a little time to think, you know. Um, but so my word is going to be a little pretentious. Um, and it's okay if your guys' is too. But um, my word is halcyon. It's, I think it's from Greek mythology. I don't know why mm. I think that. But um, it's the idea of like the good old days in the past that are like shiny and golden in your mind. And like, for me, I'm a very nostalgic person. So that's why that's my favorite word. It just reminds me of the good old days. So I thought that that was cute. What are the good old days for you? What do you think when you think um, of Freshman year. <laughs> uh, when, I don't know. I just, I felt like, not to say that I've peaked. Like, I think I'm, I, I feel like we are in the middle of the good old days, which is kind of a really great thing to recognize while you're in them, because a lot of times you don't. But there was like a carefreeness to freshman year where like, it's before I'm recruiting for jobs, you know, before I like really start caring about my GPA, when you're just meeting people and like everything's an exciting, independent, like blur. And also, you're getting all your meals cooked for you in the dorm, so yeah. I think that's what it would be. But okay, Hannah, what is your favorite word? So I think my favorite word uh, is higge, and it's a Norwegian word, um, originally Danish though. And so I'm Norwegian, and it's just like, it, technically, if you've seen these like posts before that are like words you can't translate from other languages, it's this word, and it means like cozy, warm, um, enjoying yourself is the closest yeah. I can get to it. Dude, that sounds cozy like I don't know like I mean not to sound like just repeating what you were saying but like you know being like bundled in blankets and stuff like that's the vibe right exactly I feel like that's something that like Ikea markets about not to you know? yeah, yeah no. I feel like I, I feel like I've seen the name like <laughs> like a blanket in Ikea <laughs> Ikea is a place everybody has positive memories and you know because it's always starting something new all that I think my word is a little less uh maybe profound than yours I'd say aforementioned because in every single essay, I always use aforementioned this, aforementioned that. <laughs> so I think, you know, they talk about forensic linguistics and all those things where they yeah. can see like the tracking of how you write on those things. Definitely aforementioned for me is a telltale sign <laughs> in my writing. So I guess that's my favorite word. Yeah. So always know if you're doing like academic dishonesty, you're writing someone else's essays because like you've written aforementioned. <laughs> Okay, okay. So like moving on, we're going to get progressively deeper with these questions. Hopefully we're going to like probe into your souls a little. Okay, that sounds not great. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, I think the next question that I have for you guys is like, what is the important, the most important thing that you know, definitively, like that you know that you're, it is definitely true that this is the case. And it can be like a random fact that gets you through daily life, or it could be like words of wisdom that you just know in your heart. Do any of you guys want to go first? Do you need more time to think about it? I think I have one. Mm -hmm. I'd say one thing that I definitely know and I'm glad mm -hmm. I have this as a constant is the fact that, you know, my parents love me. My, like I have family love, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
because I know that no matter what happens at any point, I always have that condition that my mm-hmm. parents and my brother are going to love me. And I think that's important to have. And I recognize that's not something every family has, but I'm so glad that it is the, that I feel that way in mm-hmm. my family. And I think I want to try and continue that in my future when I'm building a family, you know, make sure that my kids know that's how it's going to be. That no matter what they do, I'm always going to be there to support them and love them. Yeah, yeah that's super important. I agree. Um, <laughs> Although... Yeah. I think there's some little stuff I might do that my mom might hate me forever for. She'll love me, but she'll just hate me just a little bit. <laughs> just like a little bit like, no, but not to ruin like, the, that's actually something mm-hmm. really profound. I think that's important. Something I definitely want my kids to know. Like just to even that like even, that way you can have like, you can get upset at them. You can put them in their place, but they're never going to like be completely lost. From and you, it's you know? it's so unconditional. It's primal in a sense. Yeah. You know, it's like that very, like all animals have the same sort of, you know, connection to their family members in some degree maybe mm-hmm. not cats i guess right the dads kill the <laughs> let's not talk about that but... <laughs> what happens to cats know... you don't know that no it's like i i don't know about this but i know that in other species there's like species where like the male will like kill the children or something yeah, yeah. Like that. that's how it works with cats i think i'm pretty sure i know some of like the like the bigger cats big cats like i wonder like if tigers... tigers maybe yeah that... okay let's move on <laughs> i like cats we're moving on Okay, so um, the only one I can think of is as long as, like, the Earth rotates around the sun, the sun's going to rise every morning. Yeah. I mean, that sounds kind of stupid, um, but it's true yeah. for a fact. Ah, and also, like, if you want to see it on a more, like, profound level, it's that every day is a new day, and it's like, there's always something to do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that that's really true. Um, I think, like, this is something that's kind of related to that. It's, like, very scientific, but, like... Um, you know, when you're, like, in middle school having your emo goth phase as I did and, like, having your, you know, <laughs> existential crises about everything. And well, like, maybe, yeah, I've been there. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, me, sure. for me, it's kind of not a phase. It's, like, a lifestyle. I don't know why I called it a phase. <laughs> but I think that, like, something that I realized, like, very clearly is, like, this is really stupid, but I feel like when I was, like, when you're sitting there, like, you're sitting here, you know that, like, the molecules of the air are like parting around your body to make space for you. And so it's like, in a way, like, you know, you're shoving molecules out of the way, like when you do anything, just like make space for yourself in the world. And that means that there's like always a place being made for you, you know, and everything like the universe is like bending around you, no matter how small you are. And I think that that's something that's like important to remember when you're having like existential crises and stuff and being like, oh, I'm so small. But like the molecules are still bending around you. Like you have matter. You matter. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought about it that way. It's super cool. No, I I, like it also zends me out to think like, you know, like sometimes I've tried meditating and I'm honestly really bad at it. Like I can't Mm -hmm. go 30 seconds without thinking about like my midterm. But, like, the the fact that I can, like, just feel, like, the kind of the air pressing back on me and everything, it's kind of, like, a good way to center yourself when you're meditating and stuff like that. Do you think, like, butterfly effect and that kind of stuff? So if, if you move the, your particles to move, will that affect me? Like, will they come at me and push me backwards or something like that? Would you have that? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think, like, butterfly effect is, like, something that's, like, a really scary thought. Like, if I do something differently, then, like, everything will be different, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like... I just think it's also important not to be paralyzed by that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you, we could sit in paralysis being like, I can't do anything because then it'll affect something. But, like, what are you going to do? Sit in bed for the rest of your life? Like, sure. I mean, you can if that's what you want to do. I mean, you do you, sister. But, like, I can't. I can't do that. So, um, yeah, something I also think about sometimes is that um, nowadays most people, at least um, 
yeah, the ones that are like lucky enough, they have a lot of options on what they can like do in life. Mm -hmm. So like usually back in the days, if your father was like a welder, you'd become a welder and that was like your path. Mm -hmm. um, now, um, for some people, we have so many options that we get choice paralysis. And there was actually this study that came out that showed that like if you have less choices, you actually end up happier because you look less at like the opportunity cost. There's mm -hmm. less of like, what if? Mm -hmm. And so it's totally a thing where it's like, what, what am I going to do? I have mm -hmm. so many options. And then you end up being like, maybe more unhappy because you can always go back and think, oh, what if I did this? What if I did this? Yeah. Also the, the fact that maybe if you have so many options, they're also attractive too. You try to mm -hmm. do too much and that gets overwhelming too. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I hate to cut this discussion short, but I want to get to like the last yeah. question before our podcast ends. Um, and you're kind of just building on what we were talking about. Like, what do you think is the thing about your personality or your life experience that defines you as a person the most? Um, I'll go first on this one because it is tougher, but it's something that I think about a lot. Hence, I am the question asker. Um, but for me, it's definitely that I'm a diplomat's daughter. Like my, I was raised as a daughter of U.S. diplomats. So I grew up in like a different country every three years. And like, it's exposed me to a lot of different cultures, like global citizen, stereotype, third culture kid. Sorry, I hear a lot of it in the international community. Um, but I think like what it made me was flexible to a certain degree. Everyone knows I like to plan everything, but like it made me flexible to the whims of other people, I think. And it made me more resilient in the face of like failing um, than I think a lot of other people might have. So I feel like that's what defines me. But what do you think would define you guys more? First, I'm wondering, I want to ask a question about what you said. Uh -huh. um, do you, would you want that lifestyle for your kids in the future? Would you want the same lifestyle as you had? Because when I was moving around, I always thought, you know, I, I still don't know what the answer for me, mm -hmm. you know, if that's the sort of lifestyle I'd want for my kids. But what, what do you think? I would say I want a, a mini version of it. I think I moved too many times. Mm -hmm. I think I got really lucky that I moved to countries where I could easily develop a social life. I know in other countries, the situations that I would have been in would just, that would have not have been the case because the, like the expat community I would have been in would have been really small and isolated. Um, so I got lucky that the expat community blended in with like the local communities and I had a very vibrant childhood, but um, I'd want my kids to not live in a bubble where they didn't move their whole life. They didn't see the outside world. They didn't interact with other cultures. Like I want to throw them into living somewhere else. But I say like moving twice might be an acceptable amount rather than nine times which is how many times like I've moved between places I think that's too much um I wouldn't want my kids to go through like the same sadnesses I had I think mm -hmm. not to make myself sound like you know the most sad person ever but you know what I mean well, so yeah but okay what what defines you uh I would say that I only thought about this and it's been reinforced now that I moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Only when I first moved to another country, I kind of figured this out. But, you know, mm -hmm. for me, being Greek and all that, I think mm -hmm. definitely defines me. Like mm -hmm. my parents and I guess the whole Greek education system does a good job mm -hmm. of, you know, driving. And so for our the... listeners, Asteris is Greek. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Hannah and I were aware of this, but not everyone else. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring it up a lot. Like <laughs> more than I should have. Um, they do a good job of drilling in the point of, you know, like, all the greatness of you know culture and history and all those things that really matters to becoming who you are and being proud of who you are and i think that's something that i'd say a lot of americans can't really relate to as much for one reason or another but it's it means a lot to you know protect your identity and your culture and also you know make sure that your kids have a similar mm -hmm. upbringing like i want to make sure my, my kids speak greek 
And that's why I'm so excited that I see so many of our friends, you know, that are mm-hmm. Greek-American, they also speak Greek. And, you know, that gives me hope for my kids because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't not pass that on, you know, because I'm so proud of mm-hmm. it and it's part of who I am. So it has to be part of who my kids are. Mm-hmm. So I think that like my ethnic identity, or my, mm-hmm. my country, I think is definitely what defines me to a large extent, especially now that I'm moving around and I'm out of that element, you mm-hmm. know? I have a question. Um, when you're with Greek people or you feel like you're connecting with like Greek heritage, do you feel like you have a different personality when you speak Greek, when you're with Greek people versus other people? I, I don't really know because it has to be an unconscious thing. You know, you have to be someone watching me from the outside to figure it out kind of thing. But I think I, I think I think I do for sure. I definitely act differently. I think it's also like, you know, like language and culture and all those mm-hmm. things, you know, maybe like Greeks are more open, maybe. And that, that maybe not be seen in the in what we talk about, maybe body language, that sort of thing. You know, all those things change. Mm-hmm. So maybe I mean, my like, body language is definitely different when I'm with a bunch of I use a lot of hand gestures, yeah. for example, you know, like when other people are doing it, maybe it's I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm moving my hands right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think every person, I want to like preface this, like every person's an individual. So like, you know, we'll all like have our own personalities, but I definitely see what you're saying about like some cultures are just more like in your face, like hospitality, yeah. open, inviting, exciting compared to like others that are more like inherently reserved. And I wouldn't say it's overbearing mm-hmm. in the sense that you can't grow as mm-hmm. a person into it. You know, mm-hmm. it's more so just the, just something that you take along as like, an mm-hmm. extra thing to just carry around. You yeah. you become who you are, but you have that also to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hannah, you're last to round out our podcast. What defines you? So I've been thinking about it and I have a bit of a, a anti-answer, which mm-hmm. is I don't think anything really defines me. Like mm-hmm. if I look back at myself one year ago, I don't like see much similarity at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like constantly changing and I'm very aware of the fact that I'm changing. And like, so I feel like there's nothing permanent about me, yeah. my personality, the way I act, the way I speak, you know, it's very much changing. Malleable. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's actually the most exciting answer to just be like, I'm young. I'm not defined yet. Like young, wild and free vibes and like the best, <laughs> less, che- least cheesy way possible. And like, I'm no. not going to let anything that's happened to me so far, like define me. And I'm still like on my way to figuring out who I am. I think that's exciting. I think that's also like, not to, you know, and this in a faux cheesy way, but I think that's like a good note to leave with our listeners. Like, you got this. You don't have to know who you are yet. That's me yelling into the listener, Spotify, Apple Music Abyss um, <laughs> to, to whoever's on the other side there. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for being here. Asteris, thank you for the insightful thoughts. Thank you for having I've, me. I've appreciated it. It was a very good, you know, question asking and response. Um and thanks, of course, Hannah, for co-hosting with me. No My girl. Um, all right. Good night, fellow listeners. Uh, another great podcast. Thanks so much. This has been Don't Tell Me Your Major, sponsored by NBN Audio. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.